Welcome to Two for Brew. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Tobin Brinker. And today we're talking about hops and spokes in Yukaipa. We had an amazing experience and we got a chance to talk to one of the owners too. And I, I think it was just a, an all around unique and special experience. Yeah, they are um, uh, a bit upscale. In fact, more than just a bit upscale from the average um, in the industrial park type of brew pub. Um, they've uh, really thought out their finishings, and uh, and and I would say that 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 thoughtfulness has carried through everything, including their uh, their each of their beers, uh, who they who and when they invite people to provide. Uh, curb service food whether it be food trucks or pop-up restaurants and it was just overall um like you said just an amazing experience i thought it was um one of the nicest places we've been and they they just celebrated their one-year anniversary yes this was as close to a home run for a quote-unquote beer joint as you're going to get i think um they really just do a lot of things really well Uh, you know you and i've talked you and i have talked about sort of different levels of breweries mm-hmm. right and the, the small ones that are in those little mm-hmm. industrial parks that are just getting started versus the the big boys right the the hangar 24s who you know right. are, are going more regional global you know selling mm-hmm. their stuff in, in broader things this is kind of in the middle of the size range but they really are doing that job right mm-hmm. yeah no i agree they uh the like you said that the not only were the beers really interesting all, all across the board um but um, the the atmosphere, the 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 way the place was set up, um, you know, the way it was decorated, there was just lots of thought gone into the details of how your experience would unfold when you come to visit, and uh, and that was very evident, and it was, uh, yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, I will go back mm-hmm. anytime. Yep, yep, yep. They had high and low chairs and tables. They had a couch. They had chairs with backs. Yay me. Um, chairs, you know, just stools and stuff. They had really unique stools, too. Now, as you may have noticed, their name is Hops and Spokes. Their theme is beer and bicycles. And so they do a lot of biking. There's bicycle, um, uh, there's, a, in fact, a 20-bicycle frame uh, chandelier that is probably 10 feet long dangling from the ceiling with bulbs all over it that... Um, they said they had seen something much smaller and similar at one place, and they said, well, we could do that. So they went to a, um, a uh, police auction for uh, stolen bicycles and bought a bunch of bicycle frames and did it themselves. And uh, real impressive, as well as, you know, bicycles and bicycle parts. And all of their beers have names that tie into bicycles and bicycle parts, which, you know, is just par for the course really or actually i guess that would be that would have been last week right yeah. <laughs> it, it uh par, par for the course was three iron time yeah yeah this isn't par for the course this is but yeah they, they actually uh sponsor community bike rides and stuff they have them up on a board so that you can uh meet up at the at the pub and they'll do like uh uh road bike ride, rides and and um uh, mountain bike rides and you know and you can just meet there and then uh, and then go out on a ride and come back and of course Ukaipa is you know out in the uh where it's hilly and so there's lots of um uh challenging biking you know it's yes. not just flatland biking even if you're doing a road course it's, there's going to be some challenges of going up and down um just by virtue of where you're at and uh and so they really go into that uh into you know the the brew pub world but also into the bicycling world and and um you know that theme is carried through everything 
they they and, have a great location too. I just have to say this: they're mm-hmm. right on the boulevard. Uh, they've got a big corner building or a corner slot of this building that's right up by the street. You know, their signage mm-hmm. is good. Um, you know, they've got indoor outdoor seating, uh, and it's a big space. You know, it, yeah. they can do a lot of stuff there. Yeah, large space indoors as well as a um, significant patio outside. The only downside of being right on the boulevard is is that Yucaipa Boulevard is a um, uh, almost a highway like road at certain spots, yeah. and so um, and so there's you know traffic going by, and so you hear the roof of cars going by on occasion. Um, you know, and it's not a big deal most of the time. It just fades into the background, and especially when they've got music playing. Um, but uh, you know, every once in a while, somebody comes by with a car that just wants to begs to be noticed. If you know what I mean, <laughs> you know, or, or uh, the, the Harley Davidsons go through, you know, and you, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, you know, and uh, so you know, you just take that as part of the the character of the place. Um, yeah, they they they've done it right though. Uh, they had lots of games to play. You know, uh, they had a, a giant Connect Four that actually was designed for them. And so when you drop the little the, the little checker things in, it looks like spokes when they go down. The, the way they've cut the board out, it was, it was right. Every little touch, right? I mean, they, yeah. They, Again, go back. Go back to all the details um, as to um, you know they they've given it some thought, and it's apparent they've given it thought. It wasn't just like a um, uh, you know random. Hey, here's the first idea. Let's go with it. They they clearly yeah. thought about how everything would come together. Um, each beer that they have has a visual theme as well. There's a little like business card that identifies the beer and information about it. There's a poster using similar artwork of the of that beer up on the wall. And when I say similar artwork, all of the artwork is tied into illustrations of a bicycle that was actually the illustrations were done by one owner. Um, and then uh, the sort of the name and the, th- the name of each beer and the theme of each beer was done by another. And then the third owner is sort of the brewmaster. And they're all family. And so it's a family-owned business, yeah. I, I was so impressed, and you know, we we basically tried every beer on their menu. Um, and yeah, everything they, they had, had they were out of three beers. Yeah, but the way they presented the beers to us, you know, I, I'm always impressed when when you ask for a flight, and and everyone sort of has their own unique way of doing it. These mm-hmm. guys, again, real attention to detail. They brought over a a, a basically a wheel, right, uh, with the beers on it in the circle, and each beer had in front of it that that perfect business card like you said with the mm-hmm. specific logo for that beer you know branding that beer um, mm-hmm. really well done the, the girl that helped us at the bar very friendly uh, very helpful you know just every piece of it was just nice so nice yeah yeah I will say too that most places when you get a flight you order your flight and then you stand there and you wait for them to pour the beer for you and hand it to you and then you go find your seat um, here there was uh, some people in line. And so she took our order and then said, I'll bring it to you so that we could go sit down and she could take other people's orders so that she could fill the orders before she then built the flight. Because we had, you know, a six drink flight and a four drink flight. So we had 10, 10 glasses she had to fill. And then she had to place the little cards on each one, identifying what it was. And that was going to take some time. And she didn't want people standing in line waiting while we were doing yeah. that. And that, again, just being thoughtful, you know. Yeah. Because um, we were going to wait a little while for the flights anyway, so for her to pour a couple beers before she, you know, built our flights was not that big of a deal. Well, and it gave us a chance to kind of look around the place and and uh, yeah. take take in all that they had to offer. Right. Uh, when we first got there, there was a band setting up, and and we left before they started to perform. Mm-hmm. But they have live music quite frequently. Um, I was actually at this uh, this brewery last weekend, 
uh, for a friend's band that was playing there. And, mm-hmm. and so they, they have a, a really cool calendar on the wall, too, one of the things we looked at when we had some time. Yeah. And using that same basic branding, uh, they basically created a little mini flyer for each day of the month. Um, right. And it says what the entertainment is and who the food vendor is that's going to be out yeah. front on the little card. Yeah, again, just all the details. And these are little, like, um, uh, postcard size uh, things that they've got clipped onto a board of of paper clips. So it's like, you know, they've got them all clipped on the wall like a calendar. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that I didn't look around for them, but, you know, they don't just print one of those cards. So they probably have a stack of those cards that they have and or they give them to the band that's coming in so they can hand them out to yeah. get people to come on that day, which is, again, yeah. genius marketing, right? It's right. like the band is motivated to bring people in to listen to them because then they'll be invited back to do more. So they're giving them some marketing tools to say, hey, come on down, hand out these cards on the day that you're going to be here. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, it's not that expensive to print up a stack of cards. Um, you know, you can do it at, you know, online places like Vistaprint or, you know, a print shop in town if you know somebody. Um, and just another detail that they that they've done beautifully that most places don't don't even consider, I think. Right. So so um, let's talk about the beers, Todd, because we had a really interesting and fun beer experience. We did. We did. Uh, we won't spoil it yet, but yeah, it, they, they, they'd cross the board. So the first thing up was a Mexican lager, and it, uh, do you remember what they called that one? Because it had a bicycle Insular. name. Insular. 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 And I'm not, I don't know, I don't know Spanish, so I'm wondering if that's like a Spanish biking word. Possibly, so yeah. Yeah, everything yeah. else had, had something tied into it, you know? And so, um, yeah, anyhow, uh, it was an ABV of 5.3 and an IBU of uh, 16. They did have both the ABV and the IBU for all of their beers, which not everybody does. And I appreciate that because I like to see, you know, when they say bitter, I want to know how bitter is bitter, right? And yeah. so um, I like to get both numbers. Um, I honestly, it, right out of the bat, Mexican lager, and you think, okay, just a, you know, just a yellow beer. Um, yeah. But it had kind of a, a malty smell to it. It was different than, than uh, you know, picking up your Dos Equis or your Corona mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was no bitterness to it, had a refreshing. In fact, I wrote down, and I know you wrote the same word, hot day beer. Yep. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it happened to be a fairly warm day yesterday. Not a hot day, but a fairly warm day. Um, I enjoyed that beer thoroughly. In fact, shockingly so. And maybe it was just because it was my first drink of the day and, and I was thirsty and it just hit the spot. But uh, for me, that was just like the, the perfect drink at the perfect time. I gave it four stars. And, um, um, you know, as an example of, that type of beer it was just really really good i gave it a three and a half and i have to say that in a lot of other places that we've been where they have a quote-unquote uh, mexican beer uh, uh they're often very watered down and and mm-hmm. lacking in flavor this was a beer that had some character to it and and really just hit hit yeah. the spot um, didn't need a lime no no and it, it really was a great representation of that class or style of beer making i i, yeah. I was impressed I was yeah, impressed. I was too. I was too. You know, right out of the gate, I'm like a, a type of beer that usually leaves me going meh. Uh, right. You know, was was just an excellent example of it, the genre, and was very so, good. So the second beer we had was called Frame of Mind, and it was a Kolsch ale. And, right. And, uh, you talked about how typically with Kolsch ale, you get kind of a a little thing in the back of your throat, a little tickle or something. 
Right. And, uh, this was, they, again, I think they did a really good job. This one was an ABV of 5.3 and an IBU of 23. And it was a really interesting beer. Um, mm -hmm. The only negative I had for it is that, that it had a little bit of a, a sweet finish that didn't sit perfect with me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and on their board, they called it a floral beer. And, and sometimes the, those floral accents or whatever mm -hmm. bugged me a little bit. And so... Um, I think it could have been, you know, it was it was a good beer, but I think it just missed the mark for me just a little bit because of that sweetness right. on the on the finish. Yeah, and it's interesting because my note said no finish, not much smell, um, but it had a definite Kolsch taste to it, which if you had yeah. that, that style of beer, you'll recognize it and go, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Um, yeah. You know, it was, this one I thought was, uh, again, I thought it was a very drinkable beer. It was not as good as the Mexican lager that we had had before that. So, um, you know, I, I just kind of said, you know, the other one I said, it's a good hot day beer. I said, this is sort of a mild hot day beer. <laughs> and so I gave it three stars. Um, you know, it was, it was a good drinkable, solid beer. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't boring. It was just, you know, it was typically what I would think of, of uh, what I have historically thought of most of the, um, uh, Mexican lagers that we've had at other places. Um, yeah. you know, other than it, had that Kolsch taste to it so you knew what it, you know it was a the 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 I think it has to do with how it's fermented but it just um it definitely had that that sense about it I gave this but, a three out of five you know kind of right in the middle it's, a, it's yeah. a good solid drinkable beer but just like I said for me there was just something on the finish that just yeah I don't know yeah yeah so um next up was the Heartbreaker Blonde Ale and uh Heartbreaker, um, uh, is, I assume that they that's referred to like when you're biking is like one of the big hills that you're going up as a heartbreaker. Yeah, right. um, and, you know, so it's not a bike part, so to speak, but it's bike lingo. Um, this is a 5.3 ABV and a 21 IBU. Um, this one had a very fine carbonation, you know, compared to the other two. It was just it was uh, not as bubbly. Um, you know, for me, this was an okay beer. It was not distinguished from the others that much. I actually dropped this one down to a two and a half for me. It just, there wasn't a whole lot on this that stood out as good or bad. It was, and, and like I said, the carbonation was very fine. Not as, as flat as some beers we've had, but it was, um, uh, this was probably my lowest score of the day was a, was a two, two and a half. So, so this is where I think you and I diverge a little bit because mm -hmm. I actually really liked this one. I gave it a four. Wow. Um, I felt like after those first two beers, I, I felt like the first one hit really good. The second one was kind of like, okay. I thought this one was sort of in between the two in terms of flavor, mm -hmm. but it, it was a more complete, for me, more complete rounded beer. Um, I liked that it had a light citrus note um, that just, I don't know, it's just something about it. Just it really, I, I, for me, this was a really good beer. I would have sat and had this one all day long. So did you? I did not. <laughs> I did not. Yes, because uh, spoiler just, at the I, when we were done with the tasting, we each had a pint, and so that'll give yeah. you an idea of what we felt was like the thing that that was hitting the spot the best that day. But um, but, but you know, for this for this beer, this was right. a really good one for me. I would I would mm -hmm. definitely go back for more of this. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I. It's funny that we diverged on this one particularly, but right, I, I really felt this was a strong beer. Yeah, yeah, and for me, I just, I, it just didn't do anything. It just, you know, we had three beers in a row that were, you know, went from from an excellent beer to mediocre in my mind. But 
Um, but you know, again, and this is something that keep, to keep in mind, anybody who's listening to this or anybody who goes and tries these beers, you know, everybody's taste is going to be a little bit different. And this one, like you said, may, may have been just spot on great beer for you. And, and so, you know, I'm not discouraging anybody from going and trying it, you know, it's just, yeah. um, it, for me, it didn't, it didn't do it on that particular day. And I'll even say on that particular day, cause I know that I have tasted things on one day and thought, wow, that was great. And then come back and had it later and gone, <laughs> eh. Right. I don't know, you know. So our taste buds change over time as well. Um, they do. They do. Yeah. So the, next, the next one, the the next one on our list was called "Take a Kickstand," and it's a a blackberry wheat. And you and I are always a little skeptical when we're looking at these uh, fruit beers, you know, because it's yeah. not really a genre of beer that we like. But yeah. when we get one that's done well, it I've had a few like, that I liked, but but too yeah. often it tastes like they poured juice in a beer. Yeah. You when know. You like it can be a really kind of spectacular experience and so this right. one is a 5.2 abv uh 25 ibu mm-hmm. and i have to say i like this beer it was a kind of a dark amber color it um, was I smell i could smell the berry more than i could taste it i and agree so I yeah to... in fact when you smelled it you went uh-oh because <laughs> yeah, because definitely had a blackberry smell right i had this anticipation that i was going to be drinking you know a juice you know with this right. strong fruit flavor and it it wasn't it was such a nice blend very crisp um this was a very good fruit beer uh it tasted like a beer with just a hint of those those notes um Mm -hmm. and again my my congratulations to the uh the beer master you know the brewmaster because he really found that right and I, i think that's hard to do when you're working with fruit yeah i called this like almost a mid brown or a dark amber in terms of color on it um and and again, that smell with the berries up front, you go like, ooh, this could be not something I'm going to like. But when you drink it, it was like, this is a really tasty beer. You know, there's there's yeah. essence of berry in there, but the berry's not overpowering. It was a a, a really um, just, you know, magical blend, I would almost say, in terms of getting it yeah. just right, in terms of how much was there or not. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, you know, I, I it, it it's still not my favorite kind of beer, but it was a really good example of that. I, I gave it three and a half stars and was wavering between three and a half and four, um, mostly just because I was surprised at how much it was not what I was expecting based on the smell. I gave it a four because I think it's mm-hmm. such a strong representation of that class of beer. Yeah, um, that's fair. I, I wouldn't argue with that. You know, when we talked with the uh, owner afterwards, uh, Kristen, and she, her husband is actually the uh, the brewmaster. Um, she talked about the fact that they use fresh fruit, right? That this is not some people will use like a concentrate or a juice. She says no, they actually get the the, the fresh fruit, and and I think that maybe was part of the difference. Um, but it was really good. Yeah, no, I agree. And she, like you said, she was uh, quick to point that out as a as a difference from what is the standard. And I, you know, I think that that has a lot to do with, um, with it because yeah, you know, a, a, a you know, you know, the, you get it more syrupy, more concentrated in a juice, and and so, um, yeah, you know, I think the the maybe a more natural essence of the fruit by using fresh fruit. Hey, whatever they did, they did it well. Yeah, so very very good beer. Good mm-hmm. beer. The uh, Plan Derailer American Pale Ale was up next. This is an ABV of six point oh, so it went up a little bit from some of the previous beers. Excuse me, and an IBU of fifty three. And uh, you know, 
anytime I see a pale ale, first thing I'm, I want to do is kind of, you know, see, well, what does my nose say? And in, for me, this one uh, smelled very pineapple fruity at the front end with just a hint of the hops behind that. Um, and so it wasn't one that, like, really hit you in the nose uh, with that real skunky hoppy sense. Um, and on tasting it, it was uh, not uh, as bitter as a lot of pale ales are. Um, it was very lightly carbonated, almost flat for me. It was just, there was very little carbonation in this kind of a mid yellow amber color with a real clean finish. Um, again, I thought it was, um, a, a better than average beer when, uh, when of the style of the American pale ales. Um, and, uh, you know, the, there, it's funny with pale ales. There are some that I, I feel like you know, I almost if I if I hold my nose and don't have to smell all of that hops, they don't taste too bad. This one didn't you know, didn't have that sense at all. It was just again really well balanced, well uh, created beer. I ended up giving it three and a half stars. So I'm glad you had a good experience with the beer. This was my least favorite of mm-hmm. the the night. Um, I actually felt that the smell was a little skunky. It, it, it you know it's funny you you mentioned sort of a pineapple or fruit smell. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that at all. I got kind of a uh, a rough, hoppy, skunky smell that just didn't Interesting. didn't sit right with me, and and maybe that's what made the experience bad to start with. Um, I the, the the hops or whatever the mixture was in that didn't feel right in my mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't often make this note, but I said to my I wrote to myself uh, I probably wouldn't go back for more of that one. That one just did not sit right with me. So I gave it a two. That's that, and that's my low my low score for this outing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that 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 is it. That, that you know that, that that's fair. My biggest my biggest knock against it, you know, like this is your uh, heartbreaker to my uh, derailleur, right? Um, um, yeah. The uh, for me was the the carbonation. It was there was just very yeah. low carbonation in this beer, and I would have liked a little bit more bubble. You know, yeah. I I'd, I'm not a fan of pinpoint. Well, you know, they call it pinpoint carbonation, and, and for me, that's just like almost, you know, in some cases, it's pinpoint carbonation, but there's still abundant carbonation. This was very little yeah. carbonation to me. And so yeah. um, that was my biggest knock on the beer, but I thought the flavor was actually not bad. Um, yes. And so, you know, we agree to disagree. Next up. So in, in, in our, our, our flight, we'd asked her to put them in order for us, and the next one is one that we actually saved it to the end because we each got a, a separate glass of this one. Right. And, and this is well, you want to save that one? Yeah, this is one I had tried uh, last week when I visited this uh, establishment. So right. we kind of actually saved this one to the end. So maybe we should skip over it, even right. though it, it would have been the one in, in the order that she gave it to us, um, and do the next one, which is the um, Stem from Truth, which was a cherry stout. Mm-hmm. And cherry I stout, thought it was uh, Stems from Truth. Six, stems from Truth, Okay. Uh, and it's a 6.6 ABV and 63 IBU. Uh-huh. And this was a, a very dark beer. Did not have um, much of a head. Um, a really strong mm-hmm. coffee scent and a really interesting smoky flavor. And I yeah, it well, it was smoked cherry smooth. stout, right? Yes. <laughs> I expected yeah. more cherry. What we got was more smoke. Yes, and it was very smooth and I thought very drinkable. And, and I, I would say unique. I don't think I've yeah. had a beer quite like this before. Yeah. 
Well, and I think the smoke, the smokiness would put a lot of people off. They're not fond of that. But if you are somebody who has had any Isley malts, you know, if, you, if you're drinking scotch, yeah. you're used to that smokiness or you know what it is, and it doesn't put you off so much. Um, you know, it is, uh, you know, because, because there was a, a good deal of smoke, but not so much that it overpowered the drink. Um, yeah. I personally didn't notice really any cherry in there at all. I just noticed the smoke. Um, but definitely kind of had that coffee, burnt toast smell. Um, and, I, you know, I just kind of called it a mild, dark stout with a smoky finish on it. And um, I found it pretty pleasant. I liked it quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I gave it a 3.5 or 3.5 stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave it 4. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, that said, that wasn't my pint at the end of the day. It's true. It was not. <laughs> But it was, but I thought it was pretty good. So um, next up was a, a cognitive ability. Cog being the the bicycle term there, right? The cogs on the bicycle. It's a chocolate milk um, porter. Porter. And so again, we're getting a little darker here. We're turning to the dark side. It was a six point four ABV and a, fi- uh, a fifty one. <laughs> I got a little dot between my five and my one. It's like no, that's not five point one. A fifty one IBU. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's dark. What I noticed most about this one was that the, um, and again, none of these had a ton of foam by the time we're drinking them because, you know, we're drinking through 10 small glasses of beer. But this one still had a ring of foam around the edges of the cup, and it was kind of yellow. It had like a, um, you know, a brownish color, yellowish brownish color to the foam itself, which was interesting because it's such a dark beer. Um, what was interesting to me is that it was very dark, but not burnt. And there was, you know, and then there was that nice little chocolate undertones to the whole thing. But the, um, you know, so so many dark beers, in order to get them dark, they just basically take the, you know, when they're roasting their hops, just burn the snot out of them. <laughs> and, he, and and it takes a, a good brewmaster to be able to to get the dark color without, you know, destroying the flavor. And, there was some real artistry in this beer, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, yeah, we talk the, about the details, and clearly, the details in the in the brewing are there. Yeah, the blending of the chocolate with the beer was was just done really nice. It was so subtle, yeah. but it, it was there and noticeable and enjoyable. Um, I would say though, and I, I, I talk about this a few times in other episodes. For me, this is a dessert beer. This is mm-hmm. one that I'm probably not going to have the big pint of. The small glasses is nice, and it'd be sort of the finishing beer to finish the night with and if you're having a meal mm-hmm. this would be a nice one after a meal yeah you know? if you're in the ski lodge and you're putting your feet up by the fire at the end of the night your arm yes. around your your uh your uh, spouse or significant other and you're just kind of relaxing and enjoying the evening as it winds down that's a nice little beer to have and yes, uh, it is. trying to paint a picture here um yes. and uh you know it was uh, again not a huge amount of carbonation in this beer um but nice clean finish and no no um yeah. uh burnt notes at all it was just um i thought yeah again for for the genre of um of beer it was a really good example i gave it a 3 and um you know was was pleased with the taste i gave it a 3 and a half and uh yeah very very enjoyable so the the next one we have is a uh, notice of suspension, and it's the black IPA, mm-hmm. and this one was again that very dark beer, um, mm-hmm. and it had a really interesting sort of fruity scent, um, and it was flavorful. I mean, you know, a lot of times with the IPA, the bitterness sort of sort of takes it takes over. You know? Yeah, 
And well, and one, this one was the highest IBU of the night. It was 150, yeah. and most everything else had been in the 50s or lower. I think the one of them was in the 60s. Yeah, the Stems from Truth was uh, the the Black Cherry Stout was a 63. But, um, you know, so you're thinking, okay, this is really going to be bitter compared to everything else we had. And it was a, there was the bitter that was there, but it wasn't like you no. drank the beer and went, oh, this is so bitter. It wasn't. It was it was pleasant. So it was very we don't pleasant. talk about this idea of mouthfeel too much, but there mm-hmm. was something about the way this one sort of sits in your mouth and, and rolls on your taste buds. I, I liked it. I felt like this one, you know, whatever mm-hmm. they've done to blend this so that, that that bitterness doesn't just smash you in the face, Right. perfect. I gave this one a four, four stars. I thought this was mm-hmm. a, a really strong representation of an IPA yeah. um, in a dark beer. They just... Yeah, well, you know, I honestly can't. Re- I don't recall having an IPA that was dark like this. Certainly not yeah. as dark as this. The, this calling it a black IPA was right because it was very dark, darkest beer of the day. And yet, yeah. when you smell it, you smell the hoppiness of an IPA, and you go, "Okay, yeah, that's clearly an IPA." Um, but again, no burnt taste, no bitter. Uh, the, the, the bitter finish was there, but it was it was very drinkable. It was it was in the wheelhouse of IPAs clearly, um, and very unexpected for me. I gave it three and a half. Um, you know, and, and it's hard to say that that fits in a specific genre because it's not, I mean, it doesn't look anything like any IPAs I've had before and it doesn't taste like any dark beers I've had before. Um, yeah. you know, again, just shows a lot of skill and subtlety with their, uh, brewing. Um, one thing I want to point out is when we came in, we noticed, cause you can see the, the brewing area kind of behind the bar, um, lots and lots of, of smaller vats. Um, you know, a lot of the places we've been to their, um, their brewing equipment, they've got, um, uh, you know, 10 foot high, eight foot diameter vats for brewing their beers here. They were all pretty much the same size. They were all, uh, maybe, you know, six foot high and, uh, two foot in diameter. And so they could brew lots of different things. And if they wanted to do the same thing, they could do it in multiple vats. But, uh, this is truly thinking of their of their craft as a craft beer you know they're yes. not doing they're, they're, this is a small batch beers which explains why of the uh, on their board three of them they were out of because they don't have a whole lot of well of beers i think they don't and do she a lot that, you know they and just she had did. Their, their one year anniversary the week before and and had you know it sold out of a lot of stuff <laughs> basically got before. slammed yeah. yeah yeah so they were you know re- rebuilding yeah, yeah, restocking up because uh, yeah, they had a, a one-year anniversary celebration and had a whole a bunch of events planned around that and uh, uh, had gone very successful for them and you know as a result yeah had depleted their their stores which you know that's a good thing for a small business I'm I'm super happy for them to see that they're right. they're successful and that they're doing that and there was a fair number of people here too just to talk about before we go on to our last uh, last beer there was a good number of people in the place you know it was yeah. not um, was not packed. You know, but there was places to sit, but it, it was a, a a fair number of people. Um, you know, and uh, the way they're laid out, you know, you were still comfortably spaced inside. You weren't shoulder to shoulder, um, and uh, you know, we 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 had stopped by. We were going to maybe do a stop at another brewery there in Ukaipa, um, and we'll come back and do them at another time. But they were literally. 30 people in line um, and wall to wall, I mean, elbow to elbow, there was no space. It was this much smaller, crowded space uh, for probably slightly more people, but not a lot more. Um, You know, it was just, it was, well, maybe it was more, but it was um, uh, uncomfortably crowded, you know, 
And so we, um, we opted not to go in after we saw the big line like that. We're like, well, yeah. we'll come back some other time. Yeah, they're not moving and, people and, through the bar quickly, and it was just, nah, not for me. Well, and it was a timing um, thing, too. Yeah. We typically try to get to places a little early on a Friday afternoon, so we're right. literally before the rush. And, and when we got to the second location, it was really the timing of when... Right, Hops and Spokes was starting to get busier and the band was getting ready to play. And yeah. the, uh, the second place we went to, you know, by that point, they had already gotten their crowd going. And, you know, it was like, exactly. You know, yes. I'm not knocking one place or the other or giving yeah. anybody credit over the other. It's just, like you said, timing. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's we got, tougher. So we got one more beer to talk about, Todd. And yeah. this one was my favorite, favorite, favorite beer. So I got I to gotta yeah. talk about it. It's called Spoken okay. Word. And it's a it's a dark beer. It's five point mm-hmm. ABV. It's a brown beer. Yeah, brown um, ale. Brown ale, fifty IBU, and this one hit everything just perfect for me. It was the color, the flavor, the mm-hmm. smell, the carbonation. Uh, I gave this one four and a half stars, and this is what I went back for my full pint afterwards. Um, I just thought I I just really loved this beer. I thought mm-hmm. this one was perfect for me. Right. Um, I thought this one was well, well carbonated. There wasn't a lot of smell on the front end. Again, with the dark, there wasn't a burnt sense in it. So uh, kudos to the brewmaster for being able to just do that well. Um, and I thought this was a great brown beer. I, I gave it a four and a half stars as well. Um, although I didn't pick that as my finishing beer today. And part of that was because we didn't talk about the food that we had that much. <laughs> but right. um, they had a, a pop-up restaurant there, and um, it was called, um, was it, uh, Hoja Blanco? Blanca? Yes. Hoja Blanca. Um, and so they only had six things on the, re- on the menu. There was like two salads, a chicken sandwich, and three open-faced tacos. And it's a $6 open-faced taco, so it's not a cheap taco. Um, but not one of them was a normal taco. Each of them was different. Yeah. We picked one of the open-faced tacos, and then we had the um, the uh, the chicken sandwich. And uh, and then torta, the chicken torta. And, and we cut them both in half, and each of us had half of, ha- half of them. This was a cuisine experience in terms of eating, not just... Yeah. Um, not just you know, a, you know, Mexican food taco guy. These tacos had textures and flavors that were different than things I had had before. They were amazing in my mind. Really, really good. Um, Same with the chicken sandwich, just the, the, the textures and the flavors. They had uh, avocado and coleslaw and, um, uh, you know, a a sauce that they, they put on there that was just unique and really, really good. And don't forget the pork rinds. Oh yeah, that's true. They had chicharrones that were. Um, they put a flavor on them. Some some spices that were um, unique and really good too. I mean, it was just different. Yeah. In um, talking with, uh, in fact, that we I say one of the other customers actually, the owner was sitting there with her daughter, and uh, she said they used to sell just a bag of those. Uh, they don't do that anymore. But I could see that they could do that. In fact, quite frankly, when you're at a brew pub, you could sell lots of bags of those because some people want right. something salty and crunchy when they're drinking beer. And it was the perfect complement to that. It was really, really good. Uh, really good food. Yeah, Not particularly cheap for pop-up food, but really good. Yeah, no, a high, a high-end representation of really good food. You know, like you said, they're not your regular taco guy. Right. You know, uh, uh, normally we would take pictures of, of our food, and I don't know what we were thinking because it was beautiful food. 
yeah. but we we just inhaled it. It was just like yeah. you, you took the one bite and you're like, oh my god, I'm not putting this down. Yeah, yeah, no. In fact, um, the pictures that you're going to see as you're listening to us here popping up in the podcast, if your podcast player uh, shows you images. If it doesn't, try Overcast if you're on an iOS device. Overcast is a great podcast app. But um, the photos are actually from their website of the food, and it looked that good. I mean, they it looked like that. They put it together. Yes. You know, it's not like you see this photoed food and then the actual food shows up and it looks nothing like it. It looked like that. It was, it it looked like you know if you're watching, um, you know, one of the the food shows, and and they're saying you know, hey, this is something I would serve in my Michelin star restaurant. That's what it looked like yeah. coming out of this place. I mean, it was you know this uh, you know blue corn uh, tortilla with uh, you know the 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 cheese sort of fillings centered with a you know, perfectly balanced amount of, of shredded cabbage on top and a little bit of something for micro color greens. and yeah, microgreens. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just, it was, um, yeah, you, you can obviously tell we are not the, uh, the type of folks who sit and have, uh, you know, fancy fine dining experiences too often. Um, so, so but I gotta say, I thoroughly enjoyed moment. it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. it. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say we had a humorous moment because the uh, blue corn uh, taco uh, <laughs> shell. We didn't recognize that as a taco shell. We didn't realize it was open faced. We thought that was like black beans or something. Yeah. And, and so we went to go get forks so we could eat the the beans. Yeah. And then we re- then she explained, no, that's the that's <laughs> the taco shell. shell. I said, well, over. what's that thing that I thought was the taco in the middle that I cut? And she goes, that's that's a cheese that's then wrapped around the filling. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and what was funny was. There was a guy standing there going, he did the exact same thing. He came over and asked for a fork and re- didn't realize. So, so you got to look at your food carefully before you shove it in your mouth, right? <laughs> right. So yeah, it was, it was, but it was, it was very good. And it was funny. On their sign, they very specifically said uh, uh, Mexican-inspired cuisine. So yeah. it was, you know, again, not your typical stuff. But as a result, back to where I started with this, the beer that I had a pint of was the Mexican lager. Which which yeah. is an unusual choice for you because I think normally Very much so. you tend to go for the the reds and the browns and yep you know. yep oh and by yep. the way one of the beers they were out of was a red beer and so we both like are committed like we're got to go back yeah yeah everything else was here in fact I went so far as to say at the end of our meal that that was the best flight that I have had at any of the breweries we've been to. Uh, the, as, as far as the highs and the lows across all the beers, that flight for me was the strongest one that we've had. Yeah. There was more beers at the high end um, and no beers that were like, you know, really, um, I don't want to say undrinkable, but beers that really just didn't work for me, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I was just overall very pleased with the experience in terms of the 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 look and the feel of the place, the quality of the beer, the the food that they had, you know, we like I said we didn't stick around for the music, but that, you know, if that would have been the the other piece of the uh, puzzle, right, is if they had the yeah. music that perfectly hit our our uh, wheelhouse, old man music, right? <laughs> they they know their customers, they know their yeah. customers. This this was a good a, a really good place. So if you ever get a chance and you're up in Yukaipa, uh, check out Hops and Spokes, thirty four thirty two four Yukaipa Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. My only knock on them is they're in Yukaipa, man. I live in Corona. You know, I got a long way to go to get. I, they're not my neighborhood bar. They're just never going to be my neighborhood bar. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. If you're out that way or you're heading up to the mountains and you want to swing through Yukaipa on your way up, it's a uh, a great uh, option. So, um, 
So, uh, future-wise, what are we talking about? We've got uh, we've gone a couple back over your way. Um, you know, uh, we uh, in the in the San Bernardino area, um, and we've done some down in Corona. I was thinking that maybe we should look at something in the um, uh, west end of of the county. That yeah. uh, of San Bernardino County, which is north of me and west of you, so maybe we'll look over that way and see what we can do. Yeah. You know, we we found know we've yeah we found a few that way op- options out that way too. So. Right. So I'm thinking maybe we should go that way a little bit uh, next time. So uh, I haven't really looked to see what's over there yet, but uh, I know uh, you know if you look at the Inland Empire Brewers Association map, they're all over the place. So. Uh, right. You know, don't sit at home and get bored. Go out and try a beer somewhere. And uh, and if you're not sure where to go, then tune in and listen, and we'll tell you what what's uh, what's what and what we've found. Yeah, uh, super we brew. We we've got the we've got the good choices for you. We'll tell you. We'll point you in the right <laughs> direction. Yeah, and please, if you uh, enjoy listening to us prattle on about our beer experiences, then, uh, um, you know, give us a good rating in your uh, podcast app. We appreciate that. It helps us, um, uh, as we try to expand this out and, and, uh, and it allows us to keep going. So we appreciate that support. And, uh, we've got a few other things that will be happening here in the not too distant future. So, uh, stay tuned. And three more right. is still on our radar screen too, Todd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole uh, debacle of them going and doing an, an event. Heaven forbid they go and do an event. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, they weren't there when we showed up, but we're going to do that. And uh, and so we'll uh, be coming to you uh, with the uh, the lowdown on Three Marm up in um, Crestline. Crestline, yes. Yeah. I had to think for a second. There was a crest view, crest mod, crest. There was a crest in there, and it had nothing to do with toothpaste. But uh, anyhow, uh, thanks for joining us on Two Per Brew. We'll be back again on uh, a Thursday near you. <laughs> Bye, Tobin. Bye, Doctor. Two for Brew! That's how I like my beer. Here with you, that makes it two for brew. Two for brew, that's how I like my beer. Here with you, that makes it two for brew.